So there was a time when going at my own pace was normal to me. There was a time when believing I am the creator of my own life was normal to me. I couldn't accomplish much work with my eyes closed, of course. I knew what I wanted in life and did all I could to achieve all that I could achieve, right? How many of us, dear sisters, have learned the art of running ahead of God and thinking God is still in control when truly we are the ones in control? And then we hit a speed bump, you know, the kind of speed bump you hit or a roadblock and suddenly we are ready to or forced to allow God to be in charge. I have hit a few speed bumps in life and I must say they aren't fun. <laughs> they aren't fun to go through especially the emotional turmoils, the mental turmoils, and all, all that comes with it, right? So today, we are taking a journey with a woman rarely, rarely, rarely talked about. And whenever she is spoken of, she doesn't get the credit she possibly could have. So come with me and let's get our hearts right. If you're ready, Let's go. <laughs> All right. So I love the topic that we're about to talk about today because it is one that is so prevalent in society, in Christian circles, in whatever circles, right? People plan their lives and we're trying to figure out what to do. And at the end of the day, uh, well, something happens, right? Life happens and all that. So Hi, friend. This is Kate A. Cookadaisy, and it is great to have you listening today. What I aimed to do with this podcast and the wider ministry of Godly Woman and Company is to help you heal and transform your heart and mind as you choose to live free in Christ every day, as you choose to honor God, to serve others, and live free in Christ every day. I believe healing is our choice, and once we embrace the process, we truly can heal others as we are healed. So I say, healed people heal people, okay? <laughs> At this time, I really want to shout out um, an Instagram follower, Miss Abina, for following us on Instagram. And uh, thank you so much for your support. It means a lot to me and for the community that we are building of women who are warriors, women who are godly, women who really want to do life the way God wants them to. So thank you for following us and tuning in. Okay. All right. So have you heard about the Godly Woman and Company New Year Retreat? Yes, 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 yes. Well, we are actively planning the retreat and preparing. And so in a couple of weeks, we would be launching the website where you can get more information about the retreat and pre-registration 
link will be available because we want to know how many of you are interested in this retreat. It's very intimate, so it's not like a lot of people. It's about 15 strong women, 15 women who are looking to grow, 15 to 20 women. We'll see how it goes. I'm kind of like, it has to be intimate, so we'll see. <laughs> so you're invited to join me and my friends in ministry for a three-day spiritual heart renewal retreat where your experience will be simple, simple as in it's going to be a sisterly vibe, okay? So that's the first letter in simple, S. The I, it's going to be an intimate gathering. The M is mindful rest that is memorable. You always want to have that. And the P is peaceful or peace-filled heart posture in God's presence. The L is you will be loved on. And also the E is you will be exceptionally seen. This is a retreat you want to be a part of. And it's happening from January 17th through January 21st, 2024. And you will learn how to rest, how to purge stuff in your mental heart, your emotional and spiritual heart. And you will also learn the healthy practices to surge in the new year, including vision boarding and so on and so forth. So I'm hoping that you can join us as we continue to plan this retreat. Okay. So I have... <sighs> I love planning, y'all. I love planning. If you know me, you know that I love planning. And I guess some of you love it too. You love planning and all that. So, and I don't mean the literal, like write things down in your journal kind of planning, but the one where you have some sort of an idea of how your day should go. And so you go out all out for it, how your life should be. You know, you walk around, it's like, I want my life to be this way. And I want my life to be that way. <laughs> <laughs> so ah, how your life should be, how your children's life should be. So you start planning other people's lives too, right? This part of um, that whole process can be hard, like watching other people live out their life in your life. I think you should be this way. I think you should be that way anyway. So sometimes we run it for other people when we shouldn't and we forget to run it for ourselves and we shouldn't because as godly women, we have someone who is running our lives, right? Who is directing our lives. We think we have it all figured out. So, you know, having a sense of agency is absolutely beautiful. A sense of agency is a trait that one can have or should have. And even God doesn't take it away from us. He could he could take it away, but he doesn't. Agency is when you have a sense of control in the world around you. It is very subjective. And what I may deem as a sense of control may not necessarily be the same for you. You could totally, totally just think of something else as within your control when I may think that, oof, that's not even within my control. So you may have heard of this phrase, you have to take control of your life, right? In some situations, you may be able to take control of your life. And in other situations, other things may be controlling your life. <laughs> 
life will be happening to you at any moment in time, at any rapid pace in time, you might feel like you have lost all control. Agency is good and it's important for you to feel like you have that sense of agency. Taking control of your life does not necessarily mean that you disregard your foundational principles per se and your anchoring, right? Um, as a matter of fact, you need those foundational principles and also the anchor with a capital A to regain that control, to regain that balance. You need to know who you're leaning on when everything else is failing or when everything else is falling apart. Taking control of your life means cutting through all the noise and finding emotional, mental, spiritual, physical, and in some instances, financial balance. Thinking more clearly, for example, and advocating for yourself. So those are some of the ways in which you can find agency. But today, I want us to take a look at this woman in Genesis chapter 16. We, we don't hear much about this woman. And every time, I remember when I was young, every time I would hear about this woman, it is she is portrayed in a very negative light. And so as I was preparing for the podcast today, I really wanted to uh, devote time to um, exploring uh, this woman's life a little bit. And the Lord gave me the context within which to explore her life in. So let's take a look at this woman in Genesis chapter 16. She is an Egyptian woman, a maid servant to Sarai, an Israelite of uh, the Chaldeans. I find it interesting that Abraham and Sarah, by the way, Sarai, Sarah, by the way, would go from owning so much, including an Egyptian maidservant, uh, to uh, another season where, you know, they become slaves in Egypt to owning nothing and their descendants also becoming slaves in Egypt. Like, you know, you own an Egyptian as a slave, uh, as a maidservant, and then you end up going into a similar situation like this maidservant. Isn't that life interesting when life is life in, when life is happening to all of us, right? This Egyptian woman, Hagar, was a maidservant, a maid, a handmaiden, who would say, to Sarai, her name hadn't been changed yet as of this time of the story. And when we follow her story, you see that God's timing is very perfect, very perfect, even though we don't hear much about this when it comes to Hagar's story and even about God's doings in her life, right? When you read Genesis 16, you get the essence of God in his story. All right. So in episode 55, I mentioned briefly the spectacular way in which God directs our paths. I love what Proverbs 16:9 says, and I'm going to say that I'm going to read the amplified version. It says, a man's plans, uh, 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 his ways, for example, and uh, it says, a man's mind plans his ways as he journeys through life, but the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. Mm, 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 mm. Let me ask you, dear sister, how are you lifing in this season of life? <laughs> Are you thriving, me managing, striving, or simply flowing with the seasons of life? Um, are you simply existing? 
It has taken me a whole lifetime and still learning to appreciate this proverb. My heart, as some versions of the Bible would say, my heart, and the heart here can also be the mind. Uh, they refer to the same thing, the inner man. My heart plans my life course, but my Lord determines my steps. It's taken me a while to really be confident in saying this. And that's because, you know, when you're growing up and maturing in the Lord, he works with you and he wants you to give him all of your heart. And once you give the Lord all of your heart and surrender, uh, he knows how to deal with you. He knows how to work with you. He knows how to walk with you, right? So I want us to sit here for a bit. You know, my heart, my heart plans my life course, but my Lord determines my steps. I want us to sit here for a bit in reference to Hagar's life journey, all right? She was minding her business as her madame's maid servant, right? Probably dreaming about her life and how she's going to live and all that stuff when her madame gave her to Abram as his wife. And I did some research and here's what I found out in Armstrong's Institute of Biblical Archaeology. This act was clearly against God's intention, you know, giving your maidservant to your husband because of infertility or something like that, infertility or something like that. But as a remarkable new discovery shows, for this time period in the Bible and according to history, it did have a legal precedent. And so there's a tablet that was written in ancient uh, cuneiform script and was recently discovered in Turkey, dating roughly back to 2000 BCE, right around the time of Abraham uh, was on the scene. This tablet is in the form of a marriage contract. Now, I know that's very interesting, stating that if the couple cannot produce a child after two years, then a slave will be brought in as a surrogate mother to produce a male descendant for the husband and wife. The slave mother was then to be set free after giving birth to a male. Wow. So, you know, it, it's interesting because I love it when I, I, I have the privilege of reading more about the context of what you see in the word of God. And that is the culture at that time and why certain things were the way they, uh, were, the way they were. So most sermons do not regard this part of the historical context as in the times that these families lived in, in some of the cultural practices at that time. It wasn't God ordained, but yet we see how God redeemed Hagar. So let's go ahead and see what that's all about. So Hagar's life has been redirected by another human, right? Not God, Sarai. She conceives and, oh, look, she develops an attitude. It's very natural, y'all. It's very natural. <laughs> she develops an attitude. Does that sound typical in human context, right? And how the flesh can sometimes choose to respond when we taste a little bit of power. Yep. There's that superiority that rears its ugly head, right? 
I will skip the interaction between Sarai and Abram because that is a whole nother like lesson that we can talk about. But I want us to look at Hagar and what happened to her. All right. So Hagar fled from Sarai due to mistreatment. Um, but this is where we see the evidence of God really present in the story. When the angel inquires from Hagar about where she's going from and where she's you know, coming from and where she's going, he does something interesting. He addresses Hagar by name and association. She does not bother to ask how he knew who she was. Maybe customary, right? For people to know who you are and who you're associated with. So she doesn't bother to ask like, hey, how do you know me? Or how do you how do you know who I am associated with? She doesn't do any of that. How the angel addressed Hagar was by name and association. Kate, daughter of, right? Cindy, mother of, Grace, wife of. Your associations influence how others see you, even impact how you see yourself, but it is not the sum total of who you are. Think about that. The people that you associate with, where you come from, your family, all those things, they do influence how others see you and even impact how you see yourself and who you become, but it's not the sum total of who you are. Who you are is defined and determined by God who sees you. So in Genesis 16, 13, Hagar realizes that she has been seen by the Lord and says, I have now seen the one who sees me. Mm, mm -mm. I have now seen the one who sees me. <sighs> I have to pause here because I'm actually even processing it as I'm saying it. And so she gives the Lord this name, El Roi, referring to the God who sees. God sees you. God sees me. So let's pause here, dear sister. Life may be life in right now, and you may be wondering what is happening to your life goals, your life plans, you know, your marriage, your relationships, your friendships, all these things, life is happening. Like Hagar though, whatever is happening, you did not think your life will go that way, right? You don't, you never thought your life will go this way. For some of us, the life in is good and we are in abundance. And for some of us, life in is stressful, chaotic, and we need balance. And for some of us, life in is simply not fulfilling at all and we need motivation, excitement, and so on to move on. Hagar fled a situation she did not plan for. And it is during this situation and in this detour of her life plan that she is able to see God move. She's able to see God do what he does best. She didn't see him any other time. But in this moment, desperate, alone, running from her problems, I mean, all those things. She is, you know, all those things. And here is God, all right there in this moment. God has been there 
watching, waiting for the right moment to step in. When God's timing is perfect, there are a few things that come with his timing. When God's timing is perfect, nobody else, nobody else can change what happens next with that except you, okay? So listen carefully. The first characteristic of favor that you can see in Hagar's life plan being directed by God is that he searches for her. God searches for us, y'all. He searches for us. He searches for us even when we are not aware that he's searching for us. Think of it as, you know, a parent that is desperately wanting to save their child, desperately wanting to find that child. It reminds me of Adam and Eve uh, when they sinned in the Garden of Eden and hid from God. It says in Genesis 3 verse 9, but the Lord called to the man, where are you? The angel of the Lord found Hagar. It is beautiful to be found by the Lord. Imagine him cradling you. Imagine him holding you. Imagine him just embracing you. It is it, it's so good to be found by the Lord. It doesn't matter what your detour has been or how your life plan is turning out, dear sister. God will find you. And when he finds you, he already knows your name. It reminds me of this song, he knows my name. He knows my name. He finds you. And then he calls you by name. I want you to think about that. That it doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what posture you're in. He's watching and waiting. And he's already found you. He already knows you by name and association. The second characteristic of favor in God's timing is that he knows you by name. He calls you by name and association to remind you of who you are. Hagar, servant of Sarai. Hagar, I know your name. I know where you have been placed to serve, to work, to be the person I know you can be. Don't allow your circumstances to change your heart, to define your heart. Don't allow your circumstances to rob you of the things that I can give you. Hagar, servant of Sarai, I know your name and I have called you. This is where I have placed you as a maidservant, even though the situation you are in isn't my choosing, Hagar, be reminded of who you are and go back. Hmm. It is so powerful, right? Yes, sister, it is so powerful to be known and called by your name. And only a few people who have access to you can truly call your name in a way that jolts you, that 
brings you to some awareness that makes you pay attention. Your parents, your close friends, your, your colleagues, your boss, right? They call you in such a way that it jolts you and it brings you to some attention. They have access to you. And so when God has access to you through your heart, when you have got into that place where he knows that he has you and he's coming to rescue you, right? He has access to you. When he calls you by name, you, you it, it does something to you. And that's what's happening to Hagar here. <sighs> if you're sensing a shift in your life, dear sister, and you haven't received clarity in God's direction, let me ask you this. What is distracting you or drowning his voice in your heart? It could be disappointment. It could be just everyday distractions like phone, social media. It could be just the fact that, you know, you, you don't, you, you, the faith, the faith factor. What is distracting you from hearing this voice that is searching for you and wants to find you? God will search for you. He will call you by your name. If you haven't heard God's voice, could it be time for you to be still like Hagar where he, she got to the spring? And of course, out of desperation, she was still. God did not find her and call her in a crowd, in a sea of noise. She was still and heard her name. Reminds me of the the woman when Jesus was able to be pointed out by the woman and she's like if only I can catch on to that that hem of his robe I will be saved that faith factor in the crowd she 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 knew what she wanted right in the crowd do you know what you want in the stillness do you know what you want God calls you by name. The third characteristic of favor in God's timing is one of the big ones, I would say. Direct instructions. <laughs> Direct instructions. Once you have been found, okay? Once you have been called, you are given direct instructions. Oof. Imagine when you call your child. When you call your child, what are you doing? You're telling them to do something, right? You call them by name. You find them first. Where, where, all of a sudden, this place is quiet. What are you guys doing? Okay, by the way, you call them by name and you give them direct instructions. Go back to your mistress and submit to her. Oh my goodness. Can you imagine that? The awe, this, the, the dismay in Hagar's face and eyes. She probably was saying something like, oh Lord, you are asking for too much. Did she say that? Oh Lord, I don't know about this one cause child. <laughs> can you hear yourself? I know I can, given the excuses already, right? I do it sometimes. And I know some of us, if not all of us, do it too. 
And it's okay. It's kind of like the initial reaction, right? What do you mean go back and submit? Oh, no. <laughs> you know, you say a few things in between and it's like, what do you mean go back and submit? Yeah, Lord, like, Lord, I love you. But this whole situation, whoo, mm-mm-mm. It's okay. It takes a moment for us. It takes some of us like a minute, okay, for us to get to some page uh, where we are kind of like, okay, Lord, I, I, I'll, 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 I'll do it. <laughs> and for some of us, it takes us a whole trip around the mountain, sometimes more trips around the mountain <laughs> for us to do it, for us to get what the Lord is trying to get to us. Go back and submit. He didn't just say go back and be a wife, be a co-wife, be a co-equal, be a superior. God didn't say any of that. He didn't mince words, you know. He said go back and submit to authority. Dear sister, what instructions and directions has God given you about the life happenings lately? Whew, I know you're hearing me. For some of us, it could be as obvious as habits, right? Uh, habits in our finances, habits in our diet and nutrition, habits in procrastination, relationship reconciliation, career, resting, cultivating fruits of the spirit. It could be some sort of instructions that he's giving you right now as you're hearing me speak. He's giving you some instructions. You've written them down somewhere. You've journaled it. You've put them down as goals, right? You have to lean in. You have to listen to the instructions because he doesn't miss words. They are very clear. Go back and submit. Go back and submit. He didn't say go back and be a co-equal. Go back and be the wife that, you know, Abram has married you to be. He said, go back and submit. Remember he called her Hagar, servant of. He knew that there was a plan with her positioning. God has a plan with your positioning. Now, would you let him elevate you or are you going to try and elevate yourself? Because wherever he elevates you, the landing will always be soft. But wherever we elevate ourselves, guess what the landing would look like? Mm. Mm -mm. The instructions came with a lifetime warranty. The instructions came with a lifetime warranty. The angel added, I will so increase your descendants that they will be too numerous to count. And he went on and on. And the, bless the blessings went on, including further instructions for the child's name and so on. Your momentary suffering, dear sister, will reap a harvest for generations to come if you listen to those instructions and obey. Two things happened to Hagar here. First, as a result of her being found, called, and given instructions, 
which she paid attention to the voice. So you have to pay attention to. She became aware of her positioning in God's kingdom. Her positioning became clear. She no longer saw herself as the maid servant, right? But she saw herself something else in God's kingdom. She saw herself the way God sees her. And secondly, she saw herself the way God did, right? Hagar saw herself as worthy and realized that, wait a minute, God has seen me like for real, for real. Like he has seen me and has taken an interest in me. A poor maidservant and has redeemed me and blessed me. Hagar was finally seen by herself the moment she paid attention to the right voice. The moment you pay attention to the right voice, dear sister, you see yourself. You see yourself in a light that you probably have never seen before. There are so many voices you could be listening to as you grow and mature and all that, dear sister, but there is only one voice that can help you see your worthiness. And that voice is right here within you. The Holy Spirit, years later, years later, you will come to find out that Hagar is familiar with the voice of God. The Holy Spirit is within you and he is ever present. When you come to this place where you see yourself the way God sees you, oh, acceptance is yours. Worthiness is yours. There's no condemnation. You see yourself in the light, in the way God sees you. And so when, when, when Hagar says, El Roi, the God who sees, he sees you. He sees you. The fourth characteristics or characteristic of favor in God's timing is the biggest one. I will say this is the one that does it all. If you don't do this, obedience. Yep, you guessed it right. So Hagar, having seen the essence of God through the angel and realizes that she is worthy. She has been seen by God and she sees herself as worthy. She obediently returns to her madame and husband, by the way, and submits to the authority. Some of us don't want to submit, but we want all of God's glory. <laughs> Submission gives you access to God, to his glory. Submission gives you access. Obedience, the final act for Hagar to realize the fruits of God's timing had to be actioned. Uh, and, and without her doing that, without her actioning that obedience, Hagar wouldn't have experienced the blessings from God in his timing. In God's timing, there are blessings there are instructions to get to those blessings. And if you don't obey, if you don't do it, you're not tapping into those blessings. You know what you must do, dear sister. The instructions have never been clear. 
they have, you know, they, they have been so clear for you, yet there are things, there are things holding you back. There are things holding you back. It is not obedience until you take action. Should I repeat that? It is not obedience until you take action. Once you take action, you're walking in obedience. Maybe the reason you aren't walking in obedience could be the fact that you ha we have to check faith thermometer. You know, you are, you have to have that faith thermostat at all time to set that faith temperature. But life happens. And sometimes, you know, our faith is like. Ugh. And so when you get into moments where you're wrestling with obedience and being, being, you know, doing the things that God is asking you to do, let's just go all the way back, all the way back to trust, to belief, to faith. Let's start from there. And you realize that your faith thermometer is reading really low. And now we have to figure it out and bring it back up. If you start there from faith, you can quickly determine the root cause and eventually be confident enough to obey the instructions God has given you. God always had a plan for Hagar. His plan remained his plan. No matter the detours in life, the delays, the distractions, his promises, his plans about your life will always remain unchanged. When he searches you, when he searches for you, he will find you. When he finds you, he will call you by name. And when he calls you by name and association, he will give you direct instructions and when he gives you direct instructions, it will be your turn, dear sister, to lean into the trust factor, have faith, and obediently do what he is asking you to do. During this entire process of discovering how you can walk in the work and also in God's timing, there are subtle characteristics too that you know, you have to be aware of patience, humility, <laughs> sincerity of heart, gratitude. These are all subtle characteristics that we find in Hagar. Hagar's story has never been this exciting for me. And I hope you have learned a few nuggets to begin with applying in your life when it comes to life situations and being able to walk and work in God's timing. And, you know, just, just lean in on this message. Lean in on this message and listen for where you, you are. Maybe for you, it is, you know, getting into the posture where God can find you. Maybe for you, it is even hearing God's voice. He's been calling you, right? Maybe for you, it is the instructions, knowing clearly what he is saying. Maybe for some of us, it is doing it, being obedient in doing it, because it is not obedience, uh, obedience until we take action. Once you take action, it becomes obedience. So three words that I want to leave you with, time, stillness, and attention, paying attention. 
Here are your three thoughts for today. The first thought, God in time makes all things beautiful. I will always say that. The beginning of Hagar's story was not her ending. It was not. Even in the situations she encountered, she paid attention to the voice calling her name. Through the voice she listened, she leaned in and lived a meaningful life of humility and obedience. God kept his promises to her and made her offspring numerous to count. When Hagar became aware of who she is, worthy, when she saw herself the way God did, when she went back, she went back healed and she was able to submit under authority. She was able to do all those things. If you're at a place where you need God, maybe where you are is the right place for you to begin that healing journey. Thought number two, when the timing doesn't seem right or perfect, be still and wait. Waiting is hard, dear sisters. Waiting is hard for you to, to do, for me to do. And it's hard when we think about it, you know, how your life ought to be and how it's turned out. You're like, ah, I can't wait anymore. When you have waited for a while or a long time, you may have been tempted to simply take matters into your hands, right? Hagar fled from his situation. Despite the decision, God still used her to fulfill his ultimate plan. If you find yourself being desperate, the longer you wait, I want you to redirect that desperation towards something like prayer, fasting, meditation, um, maybe even being patient with yourself and with God and allow him to find you call you and give you those instructions that you need. Thought number three, when you wait, maybe you must be in preparation for when he gives you something you're ready to receive. While you're waiting, it could also be your preparation. I, I will repeat that. While you're waiting, that could also be your preparation for when he gives you the instructions, you're ready to fulfill it. When God gave Hagar the instructions, Hagar had practiced stillness and gained an awareness of self. Maybe in your waiting, God wants you to heal. Ooh I just said this a few minutes ago. God wants you to heal some things, change some things, forgive some people and some things, right? <laughs> your waiting is not futile. Your waiting is not futile. Your waiting has a purpose. Your waiting has a purpose. There is always something required of you in the waiting. And if you want to wait well, you start from within. Here are your three actions for today. If you aren't following us on YouTube, maybe you're watching on YouTube right now, um, what are you waiting for? If you're not following us on Instagram and all those platforms, what are you waiting for? I am inviting you to come in so that we can heal this heart of ours and do life very differently, okay? So you can visit us at 
iamfreewoman.org. If you even want to subscribe to our newsletter, which I would love for you to subscribe. Your second action, here are some questions for you. So not one of the things I do also is give you questions, right? For you to reflect on in your journal time. So question number one, how, how am I responding to God in this life situation? Whatever life situation it is, how am I responding to God? What does God want to show me during this life situation? Okay. And what can I do to hear God's voice and instructions in his action plan for my life? Yes, God has an action plan for you and he wants to download it if you're ready, okay? Your third action is pray, that's it. Lately, I've been ending most of my weekdays and workdays with a brief worship and prayer session right here in my office, in this office. I set a time in my daily planner when I plan and I do my planning. And I intentionally sit in that corner. I'm pointing to it if you're watching me. Um, and it's not always perfect, you know, like when I do it because I get interrupted by my kids, you know, my husband, you know, life, all those things. But I make it a point to sit aside time each day when possible um, without some interruption. Sometimes I'm out of the house for a long time, so I may not get to it at the time that I plan, but I make it a point to try and get this worship and prayer time in. And as I was preparing for this message, the Lord said, tell them to pray. So I'm telling you to pray. I'm telling you to get into a posture of prayer. I'm telling you to submit. And I'm telling you to just lean in and worship and pray, maybe 10 minutes, 15 minutes, something like that. My worship, I usually will turn on worship music to kind of get me in the spirit to pray. And sometimes, you know, it just comes and I don't even have time to turn on the music. So, so that's it, dear sister. I hope this has blessed you. It is always a great time walking in my purpose of teaching and building you up so that you can heal and transform your heart. And I know that it has blessed, blessed, blessed you. Living free is everyday godly decisions that frees your heart and mind, feeds your heart and mind, and focuses your heart and mind. And it is my pleasure to always, always, always get the, uh, the privilege of being here and doing this with you. My heart is full and I hope yours is too. And so I want you to listen in, dear sister. I want you to be different. I want your heart to be alive. I want us to be different. And so when you listen, maybe you pass it on to a friend, pass on the podcast, invite a friend to listen to it. And let's choose to be free. Let's choose to live free. Let's choose to stay free. Being faithfully renewed, encouraged, exceptional women and men of God. This is Kate, your Chief Joy Activator. Until next time, may God's goodness and mercy follow you always. And as always, remember, healed people heal people. So I want you to go out there to the world and heal someone today. I love you. Choose to be free today. 